Hello and welcome to the Ramen Profitable Podcast. My name is Atish Mazumdar and I'm here with my co-pilot, the great and powerful Chris Scott. And this is the podcast about testing out your ideas, taking your first steps, and really overcoming those obstacles on the way to entrepreneurship. Enjoy. Anyway, you were talking about uh, not vaccinating your children when you have them. No, damn it. That's not what I'm talking about. No. Okay. So two things, actually. Yesterday, I uh, like I haven't been sleeping very well because work has been crazy. And like I took a week of vacation off and then I came back and it turns out nobody does shit until I'm around. So then I just had a whole bunch of stuff to do. Right. So I was absolutely crazy this week. Wasn't sleeping as much as I should be. And I'm very, you know, meticulous about my eight hours, but I wasn't getting my eight hours. It's getting significantly less, but then also doing a lot of jujitsu and doing, you know, a lot of this stuff, blah, blah, blah. So yesterday, uh, I drank because I didn't go to the gym. I was just going to crush my work day, get it over with, head into the weekend, relax. So I didn't go to the gym, but I Therefore, instead of having any form of pre-workout or anything like that, because I've been on the caffeine train recently, I had about three cups of coffee and then like a bagel and a protein bar. And then, and here's what the, kind of bagel? It's an everything bagel. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. What kind of protein bar? An everything protein bar? <laughs> no, a, <laughs> uh, a, a metrics, which I only really recently realized that they were pronounced metrics because I used to call them met RX, but I think everybody does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there. It's like it, it doesn't naturally because it doesn't look like metrics to me, so I, it doesn't naturally <laughs> progress that way. So I call it Met RX. Anyways, there are these Met RX chocolate chip cookie dough. They're the best. I love them so much more than just about anything else. About four hundred calories, but then are they uh, sponsoring like, this podcast? Dude, they should uh, <laughs> because I've I go through boxes of those things. So I absolutely uh, it metrics a lot. For gains or whatever. I don't know. Anyways, <clears throat> so I have one of those. And then I have this kind of suspicious carne asada burrito. And the reason why I say kind of suspicious is because uh, the the meat that I was using had a sell-by date of yesterday, which is mm. probably fine because yeah. if it has a sell-by date, then it's still you know, presumably has another day or something like that. Wait, you made this burrito? Yes. Yeah, my burrito game has really stepped up. I whole nine yards. Tortilla, pico, yada yada. Anyways. All right, all right. So I make this burrito, I eat it. Then I forgot because I haven't uh, Preston, are you familiar with Alpha Brain? A little bit. Yeah, okay. I I just I wasn't going to bother asking Chris. There's, <laughs> he's only familiar <laughs> from Alpha Brain, I think, through my rambling story. So the point is, is like, I hadn't taken Alpha Brain in a long time, but I was, uh, I bought some recently because I'm going to try. I'm going back off caffeine because I've just gotten way too excessive with it, right? And, sure. and my adrenal function is probably shit and all kinds of stuff. So. Got Alpha Brain, and I was like, all right, I need to crank out the back half of my workday. Don't want to take any more caffeine. I just ate. Let me take some Alpha Brain. So I took some Alpha Brain. Maybe 30 to 45 minutes later, maybe an hour, I don't know, I start to feel nauseous and just like dizzy and lightheaded, and I'm not sure what the fuck is going on, Hmm. which is weird because I have used Alpha Brain a lot, and I have used um, 
caffeine a lot and I've eaten a lot of carne asada burrito. So not a single one of these <laughs> things by itself uh, seems to be any sort of problem. But this kind of perpetuates throughout the afternoon and even in the evening where it's just like anytime I kind of like move or get up or anything like that, I just get like lightheaded and I don't feel well mm-hmm. in a very general sense. Wake up this morning, I'm feeling just about fine, but maybe not uh, like maybe some residual, not sure. So the question is because there was a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. What do you think the what do you think the if you had to give a differential diagnosis, what do you think the root cause is here? So I know a little bit about alpha brain, but I don't know what's in it. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know the ingredients? Alpha GPC, huperazine A, uh, some L-theanine, a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, none of that sounds suspect, really. Yeah. So. I was I'm, wondering, I was thinking maybe it was the interaction of having, uh, maybe caffeine hadn't quite dwindled out of my system yet. So the, the what is that called? The L, No, LD50 is how many people would die. Or, or what the lethal <laughs> yeah. dose is or some shit like that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the half-life is what I'm referring to. Maybe the okay. half-life hadn't expired on the on the caffeine, so that was still working through my system. So then the combination, because I haven't done a nootropic plus caffeine in a long time. Like, that's been a while. So maybe what my guess is is that maybe that was just really overwhelming to my system and it really kind of messed me up. Is alpha brain a nootropic? It is. Is that what you're doing with the... Uh flow roll it is <clears throat> that's why it was um maybe hepatitis maybe you need to get a tetanus shot maybe it was uh the bird swine flu so now we have chris's expert opinion yeah yeah well see that's kind of the problem is that no matter what happens, i think your house now- is haunted and i think the spirit just took over your body for an afternoon <laughs> <laughs> so uh so i'm a scientist and uh, as scientists, I believe that you need to repeat the experiment, mm-hmm. isolate, okay. isolate the separate factors. All right. That's go, fair. Well, go eat a suspect burrito, <laughs> but don't change anything else. Yeah. And then yeah. we'll measure the effects. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good point, because what I want to eliminate is this fear that what I have is coronavirus, because anything that happens these days at all, like I just anything that happens, I'm just like, oh. I must have Corona and I've already been tested three times and I've, I've never had it. So congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but, but so it's like, I don't want to keep going through this cycle where then I like drive off to the CVS and wait in a really long line to swab my nose and then wait for two to three weeks until my results come back. Like this, this has become a thing now. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's coronavirus. It might be allergies. Hmm. Everyone blames allergies. I think allergies are hitting weird this year, or is it just me? I don't know. I typically have really bad allergies, but this year, not not so much. See, so, allergies are hitting weird. Okay, this yeah, year. weird. I guess. Yeah, yeah not, not worse. <laughs> not worse per se. Just weird. Yeah, not worse, but weird. And you haven't gotten uh, the old corona. Negative. And Chris, I don't think has either. I don't know. I've never been tested. I should probably get tested. Well, okay. <clears throat> See, that's my other thing. And I don't want to sound because this statement has a whole lot of hubris in it. All right. So that's why I've avoided saying it publicly or to anyone at all. Uh, I avoid saying it. But up until now, I've actually had a relatively easy uh, 
year, like in terms of uh, physical health, not in terms of uh, mental health or a lot of things. So that everything else has been dog shit. But um, gym closures <laughs> for a while were pretty rough. Uh, but I've had like in terms of health, a pretty easy year. And meanwhile, everyone's concerned and we are kind of told and I'm not politicizing this in any sort of way. But the, the narrative is that this is an incredibly contagious and infectious uh, uh, uh Disease? Is that even the way that you would say that? I don't know. Anyways. And yet, I've I've gone to the gym multiple, like many, many, many times, like just lifting, which they said was like a grade eight on the scale of 10 of bad things that you would do. And then also I've been doing jujitsu, um, which is is kind of unavoidable like you you can't not have physical contact or at least less than six feet and we do things like we uh we we uh temp gauge everybody before they come in and all that kind of stuff and we immediately wash our hands and we we don't come in and like dress out there we already have to come in uniform and all there are like some light preventative measures but the fact of the matter is is that like if somebody came in with corona you most certainly would see an outbreak and all that kind of stuff So what I'm saying is that I'm not saying that this isn't happening and that it isn't that contagious. I think that it is. I think that, and this is the statement with a lot of hubris, that now I'm definitely going to die of coronavirus. (laughs) I think my immune system is just too good. You're jinxing yourself, man. You're jinxing yourself. I I know, but I think think it just, because, because I say this because my best friend, Colton, got corona. Four times. Four times, yeah, no, just just the once, but but uh, and he's I, purebred Irish, right? I think so. He's got to be or something. <laughs> like he he's he's very white and freckly, if that's what you mean. I'm just assuming. Just made assumptions. I made a <laughs> I did a racial stereotype there. I apologize. Yeah, but it's probably accurate. I mean, he also, it, he also does magic. So come on, no, that's true. Look he, at me. I'm on. a he, fair skinned ginger, and uh, I'm definitely Irish. So but do you do do you do magic? Do I do magic? Right. I mean, yeah. in, the, in the sense of performing tricks, not oh, like yeah. live a magical life or, uh, like, you know, no, I haven't learned that. Or extremely skilled in something that just is like magic to people. I mean, do you actually uh, perform card tricks? I do none of the above. Okay. All right. That's a good distinction. I'm glad that you called that out because that's a little <laughs> bit different. It's like we could say any of this is magic, but it's not. Yeah. Good, good call. Point is, is that he got Corona and now, I didn't necessarily see him during that period of time, so maybe I wasn't in the infectious window. But also, this guy that I directly rolled with, he did get corona, and I didn't. So, I'm, I'm, it's just a working theory. I'm in that same pop- boat, actually. I've been really? doing a, lo- a lot of jujitsu as well, and somebody that I roll with on like a bi-weekly basis mm-hmm. got it. And I and did fine. not. And nobody else in the gym did. Really? So, How long yeah. ago was that? I want to say like a month. Yeah, right, right around a month. Wow. Yeah. So you and are then, in the clear. I mean, yeah, yeah. Now, did you get an antibodies test at any point after this month? No, I haven't got an antibodies test. So, see, so I suppose because yeah. there's always the there's always the uh, you know uh, non symptomatic, you know. Right. That's that's I've what I've considered as well. Is that I've never I maybe heard, should get the antibodies, but I don't know. I've never heard the rate of the non symptomatic people like do you know what the rate is has anybody ever heard like well, how i think that's, many that, people? that's half the problem though is no one knows that they're asymptomatic or not because they're not getting tested because right. they don't have any of the symptoms right so you do like you know 
temperature testing and stuff for people right. to, All to, rectally, to, of course. to screen, but you know, right. if they're non-symptomatic, <laughs> it's, you know. It's the most accurate, accurate way to take a temperature. Yeah, that's the only way you can get an accurate right. reading. Rectally. It's like, sure, these infrared <laughs> and these non-invasive <laughs> methods are, are something, but yeah, you should get you should a little laser at your forehead. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. Really, that's those those infrared things are just a proxy for core temperature. It's uh, obviously you got to bypass the interface, go straight up the rectum. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's true. I mean, exactly. Well, skin temperature uh, is well correlated with central temperature. Well, obviously. But, yeah. That's common knowledge, but it's not. Uh, well, it's not. if this was a good podcast of any kind, we wouldn't have uh, already been roughly six minutes in. On my recording, I don't know where you're at on yours, without introducing the guest. With us this week, we have, I don't know what your last name is, Preston. <laughs> That's okay. I like that. Preston Chris. Harris. Oh, Chris knows. Yeah. I was going to give him a chance. I know Preston's last name. Yeah. I'm a good friend. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe I just wanted to spare some anonymity in, in our, uh, you know, maybe he doesn't want to, uh, he's going to express some kind of hot take and then he'll get death threats and fake anthrax mailed to his door. No, uh, I actually have a pretty generic name, so I'm not really worried about it. Just don't give him out, out my address. We'll, yeah. we'll be fine. Actually, come to think of it, I don't know your last name either. That's hilarious. I mean, I'm sure I do. Like, I know I've heard it. It's, it's O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> yeah, I'm also Irish. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's an Irish name, right? Yeah, so we've got Preston Harris. I am Atish Mazumdar and the great and powerful Chris Scott wearing a what looks like a purple shirt are you colorblind yes okay it's purple i'm not gonna make fun of you for being colorblind (laughs) we've been over this damn it i don't think so i don't think so (laughs) no yeah i'm a i'm a strong dutin uh anyway this is a pretty cool uh vile the wolf uh reunion show that we've got going on here yeah we've got a cast reunion do we want to talk about why the second one never never uh picked up i think you had back injuries i did and then and i think i was moving it around the, or at that time there was kind of the the movements towards me moving right it was it's, the world revolves around a tish mm. that's true and yeah. i think to be honest i think w- i at least was trying to be so ambitious with the uh like stunts or the martial arts of it that it stopped being doable because it's like <laughs> I, I needed like the person we were trying to train up a female character but it's like getting that person to do like Iminari roles and stuff like that from zero is not a good you know it, it just was like yeah. a recipe for if, if you don't have the basics of understanding how to shrimp or how to like move your hips on the mat and stuff like that it's like you're never going to be able to pull off this stuff so I don't know why I thought that that was a viable solution yeah is the, is the shrimp like the nene? Sort of, nene. yeah. We'll just when you do the whip. Yeah. Oh, the, the, <laughs> the kids uh, know how to do it. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's like close they, enough. They played that song at your wedding. <laughs> Did they? I'm, I don't know. I didn't go to your wedding, but uh, oh, that's right. I assume you there was a there. DJ there. I forgot. I saw, I'm sorry for not going, but I assume there's a DJ there. There was, and I'm sure he played the whip nene song. Maybe I don't know. I couldn't tell you a single song they played at our wedding. Oh. Does it really work like that? Like For me, it just, did. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not into dancing at all. So when that whole thing was going on, I was elsewhere. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, not specifically <laughs> about dancing, but what I hear from everybody is that, uh, 
that like, oh, your whole wedding's going to end up being a blur and stuff anyways, which to me then makes this like variable cost analysis really in the negative because it's like, what am I paying for exactly? Yeah. To me, it wasn't so much that it was all a blur. It was just that it went by so fast because they have you like if you do it at a venue that has it like down to a science, mm-hmm. they they have it all lined up for you to do this, then this, they have you on a tight schedule and you really don't have time to yourself because they're just like moving you around from one place to another. Mm. Like now you have to do this. Now go wait in this room while we announce you and like, okay, stop hanging out with your friends and taking pictures and come, you know, sign this, sign the document so we can get pictures. And it's like, you don't get to do what you want, at least at this place, you know? Yeah. You can, of course, like it's, it's up to you. You, you, you have the freedom, but if you're like, if you pay for this program, you know? So yeah. I, I actually like to, to get to your point, it's really like the cost of it to me is it's not worth it when you could just, uh, you know, pick somewhere else that, that doesn't have total control over what you do and you'll right. probably remember it better, have a better time. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, did you get married before the time of Corona after or well, not after, but like or during? Yeah, during. Oh, shit. Yeah, right in the middle of it. uh, What month? Well, I mean, it was was September, early September. Oh, shit. It was just recently. Okay, very, very recently. So it wasn't in the because if it was in, say, April or say, we, we had it scheduled in May. We actually had uh, to, see that, to that would have been the, like the height of everyone's panic and anxiety. I remember sure. that was back during the time where <clears throat> all of a sudden we were on lockdown. And so I was just like, oh, I'm going to go to the grocery store at 6 a.m. when they open. And there was like a line around the block uh, because everyone was freaking out and buying toilet paper for some reason. Um, Did so, you use that? Uh, Americans use that at Tish when they go number two. It's just to- not. It's not sanitary. It's not efficient. efficient. No, it's wasteful. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, and it's a lot of money that you probably don't need to be spending, but you know, Hey, not my, uh, not what I'm here to talk about, but yeah, I I feel like, uh, okay. So you, you also got married in the time. See, I pushed mine. Mine was supposed to be, uh, last week before last. And Uh. now it's in February. So what I'm hoping is that everything kind of calms down, but from what we're, seeing everyone saying that there's going to be like a second wave, but I don't understand how you would have a second wave when we haven't even really finished the first. Like, I feel like we're still in first wave and I just feel like it's a continuum. I don't think it's a wave, like as in it's going to dip real hard and then ratchet up again. I think it's just going to kind of. I think it dipped. It totally dipped at, at uh, the end of June, early July. Cause I was feeling good about like taking a trip. I was going to go to Dallas for 4th of July and then, uh, so everything just started spiking again mm. and it just wasn't, it wasn't pretty. So who knows? But anyway, we're here. We're with here. Preston. We are with here. remembering Vile mm. the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> what else nice. have you guys been up to? You guys have been busy bees since Vile the wolf nine years ago. Nine years ago. It wasn't nine years ago. I'm making that up. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
Like not even close. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Nine years ago, I don't think I had completely flushed my life down the toilet yet. So that's impossible. <laughs> no, I no, think it was like I, five I, years ago. Six are you years associating ago? Vile of the Wolf with flushing your life down the toilet? No, 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 no. That was entirely separate. I just happened to also flush my life down the toilet around that time. No, uh, it was before that time, actually. Uh, in fact, before I had ever met Chris. I met Chris directly after as a result of... <laughs> <laughs> flushing my life down the toilet. <laughs> uh, so, so that vial of the wolf had to have temporarily come after. But yeah, what have you? Uh, what have you? Yeah, so five years. What have you been up to in those five years? I probably the last time I saw you was maybe two years ago, or maybe two and a half, three, give or take. Yeah, no, that's probably accurate. Let's see. Um, nearly finished with my uh, PhD nutrition. Probably got to. Wow. A- couple months left my advisor's shooting for a december graduation i don't think that's gonna happen because i haven't really started writing my dissertation Uh and december is uh you know just a couple months away yeah it's it's, uh less it could happen seems unrealistic at this point it it can happen so do they funnel phd graduates also into the same kind of like uh summer and winter graduation dates that they do everybody else or is it entirely dependent on dissertation officially yeah but Uh it is like realistically it's you finish when you finish whenever yeah Yeah. okay very cool so Uh, yeah um let's see what else i got married you know that uh how much do you know about my band Cause that's something I've done in the very last little, very few little. years. <laughs> not Tell that I'm trying to, it. not that I'm trying to plug my band here, but no, you should. Uh, we actively uh, encourage plugs. Go ahead and plug away. Yeah, my uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, and I started a band. She sings, mm-hmm. I play bass, and uh, it's called Exit Dream, with a dot in the middle. Exit dot Dream. It's not part of the name, but it's it's. What was the it? aesthetic? What was it before that? No, that was the first name we had. Exit Dream has always been Exit Dream? Yeah. Were you the one that kept making fun of their band name? Uh-huh. Yeah, you used to call it uh, Exit Wound. Oh, yeah. Which is probably cooler. In hindsight, we well, should have called it Exit Wound. What, what about Steven Exit Seagal? Dot Wound? <laughs> <laughs> Either way. I think Exit Wound is a Steven Seagal slash DMX movie. Yeah. And I think Steven Seagal goes undercover to a federal prison. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. And they have when, katanas in the prison. And, that's, and they fight with those. I why think that's they? what's going on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Steven Seagal and DMX? Right. Because this was back in the early 2000s when there were a lot of cool rappers, you know, like Ja Rule and DMX. <laughs> and, you know, Busta was still, you know, coming back around. And, uh-huh. and, and they were all trying to get movie careers. Yeah, they just all did movies with Steven Seagal, because why wouldn't you? Who else would you do movies with? Steven Seagal's career was kind of like going down, and so everyone's like, let's put the two together. Yeah, and you're trying to supply the demand curve it. One's on the rise, <laughs> one's on the fall. Exactly. Huh. All right, so so exit dot wound, but dot not part of the name, exit wound. <laughs> exit no, dream. Not, damn it, exit dream. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris, for that. <laughs> yeah, you've got me all twisted up now. You can find uh, exit dream. Bands yes. and uh, and so okay, so that's going well. What else? Let's see. Uh, started a game company, board games and card games. Also, board games and card games. Yes, it's called Dark Attic Games. Dark Attic Games. I like that. 
Yes, yes. And I uh, started that at the beginning of this year with my brother. And uh, we actually just got our first official game like that's published and out for sale right now called uh, Texas Hold'em with Zombies, which is a, <laughs> it's a cool game where you play Texas Hold'em and, and kill zombies. So uh, that is actually in, in stores around Arizona now. Wow, that's that's awesome. That's actually, and this has to be a perfect time for that, right? Because I feel like board games exploded right around, like right as we were all realizing that we were never going to go outside again. Yeah, and on on the one hand, uh, stores, especially smaller stores like the ones our games are in right now, are were hesitant to spend at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, they were making a lot more sales, so eventually they became more comfortable with the idea of you know shelling out more money so yeah for for a new product line yeah uh let me ask you this is sort of a general focused question and then i'm going to be zoning in a little bit but uh <clears throat> there's something uh I, i'm i'm a little bit envious right now uh and and it's kind of more, do you think it's like your part of your personality or do you think that it's just complete coincidence that you seem to get involved in a lot of projects and seem to, you know what I mean? Because in, in this kind of scope of talking about what you've been up to recently and even our little preamble preamble. Yeah. About, uh, (laughs) coronavirus and all this kind of stuff. It's like, well, let's see, you're doing, you're actively doing Brazilian jujitsu. You got married, you're pursuing a PhD. You, uh, are in a band and you started a board game company. That's a lot of things. Yeah. Are, are you I, the type of person who, who like likes to ex- like, I'm, I'm going to do a lot of projects and you, and you see them all the way through to completion. Or is this just by circumstance that you got, you know, involved in a lot of stuff? How did that come about? So I think the first one, I think that's sort of my personality, but I think my personality has sort of developed along with Mm. doing a lot of things. So it started probably, I don't know, six or seven years ago when, uh, so I was in school getting my, my, uh, my bachelor's degree at the time and actively fighting professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time I worked at Hollister and my official job title was model, even though, you know, you're just a store clerk. All right. But <laughs> they hire you as a model. All right. And you say, welcome to the pier. Yeah, exactly. Is that um, real? That's a that's real. Yeah. yeah wow. Wow. Bad memories. Anyway, <laughs> so one of my genius teammates realized this. Uh, actually, we were on a trip up to uh, Power MMA mm-hmm. in uh, in Phoenix, where Ryan Bader trains to yeah. uh, to train up there. Since and, closed, I think, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, it did. Unfortunately, but uh, we were on a trip up there with my whole team. And my coach had an acoustic guitar they'd brought along for some reason. I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was playing it in the car. And then one of my teammates is like, he was just like, he realized, he's like, you do so much stuff. You're a mm-hmm. fighter, a model, a scholar, and a musician. And then he gave me the, the, uh, the nickname Renaissance Man. And so that's mm-hmm. what I used for a cage name for years. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't have that much of a ring to it, but I'm like, ah, oh, it suits me. It was a good uh, Danny DeVito movie. Was it? Yeah. (laughs) Danny DeVito went and taught at the army for like a week. Never heard of it, but. Well, it's also like, I have to imagine that it was like, it's, it's just complete, almost one-sided like, oh, it's uh, the Renaissance man versus like the 
death color. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's always like fighters. Yeah. It, some of them are yeah. really great. You know what I mean? Like, I think the last style bender is pretty much one of the cooler names that there are. It's creative. Yeah, it's creative or it has something like a little bit to a ring to it. But like a lot of guys like, you know, I, I can't even think, I don't even know what like Tim Sylvia's name was or anything like that. But you could think of like that ilk of guys, especially at the local shows or mm-hmm. at the local, you know, you're, you're fighting at Wild Horse Pass and like it's always something like the hammer. So it's going to yeah, be like the yeah. Renaissance man versus the hammer. <laughs> you hear a lot of uh, pit bulls, a lot of uh, spider a lot of pit bulls, Tiger. lot of spiders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots <laughs> yeah. of that. But uh, to get back to your question, I think up till that point, it was all sort of chance and circumstance. And then mm-hmm. sort of from there on out, started embracing it. Uh, and then only in the last few years did that sort of become like my conscious lifestyle. To mm-hmm. basically do a lot of awesome things that uh, people either say you can't do or that I know nothing about and are like intimidating for me mm-hmm. to do and just learn them along the way. Just because I don't, I don't know, I've come to think that it's really cool to have like this super variety of experiences and uh, expertises and mm-hmm. just interesting things my, <laughs> on my, my life resume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to speak. Uh, so first off, you, you mentioned, uh, life resume. Do you know who Jesse Itzler is? No, I can't say I do. Uh, might be someone that you'd be interested in looking into, uh, after this, but we won't go too deep. He, he has a program called build your life resume, but he's also Uh. this guy. He, uh, he was the guy who put David Goggins on the map. If you're, if you're familiar with Goggins, uh, because he, uh, lived. He invited David Goggins to live with him for a period of time because he like met him at this hundred mile race or something like that. That's huh. that was normally run by like teams, but it was just Goggins doing it by himself. So he invited him to come live with him and like train him as if he was a SEAL. There's a book. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> but he runs this program called Build Your Life Resume. But it's interesting that you put it that way because uh, that is kind of like I have this uh, internal dichotomy where uh, I flip-flop or I vacillate between these two kind of ideals, which is that on the one hand, I'm like, no, you can only really get, like, if you want to get excellent at anything, like top-tier excellent, then you really can only focus on the one thing. So therefore, what I, like all my time that I'm investing in a million different places is kind of, is odd. But then at the same time, then I also have this this sort of pursuit of like, richness of existence or or just like I want to experience a whole lot of stuff so that's why I'm you know competitive with jujitsu but then also work hard at my job and then now I'm trying to start my own uh kind of uh supplement thing I don't know if I don't know if uh Chris has filled you in on that at all or not a little Uh, bit but, but so I'm trying to do that and I'm trying to do a whole lot of stuff so I I kind of have this like emotional roller coaster ride where I'm just like Sometimes I feel like I'm doing everything I should be doing and I feel great. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, you're you're a jack of all trades or you're doing a whole lot of stuff. And that's what feels good. You know, I'm reading 52 books a year, blah, blah, blah. But then sometimes I'm just like all of these things are pulling me in a million different directions. And therefore, I'm not I feel like I'm not getting the progression that I would desire out of any of these stuff. Yeah, I, I do all this stuff fully realizing that, like, the more you give to one thing, the more you take from another Right. And you and you don't get to fulfill everything to the fullest extent. Like 
almost nothing I'm doing. I'm doing to like the fullest extent, except for maybe, you know, my academic education. Cause that's sort mm. of top priority. So right. like, I'm reaching like the highest level in that, but everything else, it's just like, I'm going to put what I can into this and take it just as far as I just can, you know? Well, so it's interesting that you say that because at the same time, you've already reached a level like you are currently selling a game in a game store or presumably at several locations or something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I mean is you're already actually at a point that it may it may not seem this way to you. But don't you kind of naturally believe that most people who come up with an idea or something like that don't actually get to that level of execution? Oh, yeah, definitely. Which is like a huge motivator for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I hear all these people with like really great ideas and I'm like, why don't you do that? And they're like, oh, no, no, it's it's, it's unrealistic. It's a pipe dream. I'm like, well, yes, it doesn't have to be <laughs> like you could do that if you wanted to. So that's yes. like, so that's kind of my motivation. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I have like two different sort of levels. Like uh, what I say when I what I mean when I say I haven't taken everything to like the fullest fullest extent that I can. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you know, the top of like, you know, I have a, a best-selling game that's in like any right. kind of re- retail store across the country. Like, obviously that would be the goal. Mm-hmm. Now, when I think about it and like reflect, I fully realize that for me to reach that goal, I would have to put a lot more into it than I am now. Right, right. So the 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 lower level of like reaching it or making it in any one of these uh you know, ventures will say is, uh, I basically set like an acceptable level for myself. Like if I make it to here and don't do anything else after that, like I'll count this venture as success. Yeah. So like with fighting, it's like, obviously if it worked out that way and I was made it to the UFC and became UFC champion, you know, I'd be like, that's, that's the top, right? That's the thing. Yeah. But for me, it's like, okay, my career ended before that mostly because of injuries, but I had like multiple pro fights and I'm like, that's cool. I was like legitimately got paid to like be an athlete. Yeah. For a little while, not very much, but for me, that's (laughs) like, if I had put like seven, eight years of my life into something like that and didn't do that, like didn't uh, fight pro at all, just did amateur fights and stuff. That's something, but it's like, kind of feels like uh that's not a waste but you know not not satisfactory yeah not as fulfilling it's so so what you're saying is basically it's all about where you set your standards and yourself i mean as is obvious through you know kind of the resume that you're rattling off it's like obviously your standards intrinsically are probably a little bit higher than most other people you know it's you're pursuing a graduate degree you wanted to compete on a professional level and get paid for athleticism, you know, all, all these kinds of things. It's like, it all points to kind of where you set your standards. So even if it's not your, like the, the, I I guess some people's definition of making it in that kind of broad sort of sense, it is because it's, it's where you're setting your standards for each of those things. It's interesting that you say that, or, or rather I like the way that you say that because that's, that's what I kind of struggle with a lot is that I, I constantly it's uh, and I think it's because I'm slowly, slowly learning to not influence myself as much by my parents. And I think that that's something that everyone does as they're growing up. A lot of people do it a lot faster than me. I've just been stuck in the same 
fucking thing for a long time. But it's like, all my dad does is physics. And that's why he's the best. Like, that's why he's the head of the physics department. That's why he did. Like, he is. I mean, it's not necessarily UFC level, I think, until you, like, sell books or whatever (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) I don't I don't really know what level of uh, like we could compare a UFC fighter to Neil deGrasse Tyson. And maybe that's the same level. (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, But like that's that was his life's work. And that's his entire focus and his singular discipline and that sort of thing. Whereas I don't exactly have that same singular focus so in that regards then you know i kind of change my standards around uh you know my career is obviously or not obviously but it is going really well but uh then i have all these other things so for instance uh with with flow roll it's actually you'd be a great consult because you're right in the you're right in the world you're a nutritional guy and you're you're a fighter you would know exactly what i'm talking about did you ever take any kind of like pre-workouts or anything like that while you were training I wasn't big on pre-workouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never took them before like training, like fight training. I would take right. them sometimes before weightlifting, Weight like training, after yes. my, after my fight training. Um, was there for, a particular reason why that was? I just never, uh, felt anything from them. Right. So, uh, Oh, like, that was not the answer I was expecting. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. I'm like, uh, non like unsensitive to a lot of the to a lot of stuff. I don't know. Really? Like my, I would always try pre-workouts. My friend would like bring a new one, like here, this one's better. This one's better. I tried yeah. a whole bunch of them. And for me, I was like, I, I don't really feel any different. He's like, you don't feel like your skin's itchy. Like, no. <laughs> and he's like, you don't feel like, uh, you know, you, you have more energy or anything. I'm like, not really. But that could have also been me not really paying attention to my body. Like at that point, it was just like, you know, go, 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 like work yeah, hard. Yeah. I was at that point I was doing like MMA practice for like four hours and then weight training and running for like two hours. And that was my entire life. So it was like yeah. every single so day I was I think at it's, that point. I think it's because he's a true free, free spirit. Yeah. <laughs> he, he is not influenced by anything on the outside. Right. Right. Exactly. His spirit where his spirit takes him. Between his, make, uh, Irish genetics and his, his, and his Irish free spirit and his free you know, spirit. Yeah. I'm, like, oh, I'm going to play guitar today. My spirit wants me to play guitar. Oh, I'm in a band. He's yeah. just a free spirit. He just lets, <laughs> lets the universe guide him where he needs to go. Sure. That's, that's probably why, you know what? That's fair. That's probably As opposed why to, uh, a tish, the other <laughs> Irish guy. He's very calculated and sensitive to everything and sensitive to everything. <laughs> Hypersensitive to everything. Uh, well, yeah. So, that's that's actually that's a whole different avenue that, you know, I would maybe want to explore or understand why uh, you'd lack sensitive or but but it also could have been just overexertion for six hours of physical uh, work, basically throughout every mm-hmm. day. I mean, that's that's an insane level. But um, but so the reason why I was kind of interested, I've been into nootropics for a long time, for years uh, uh, before. Even before Alpha Brain, like uh, there was always that ideal, and they kind of got brought to the surface by two things. Number one, Alpha Brain, Joe Rogan, because he's so big, like that really, really brought Nootropics to the surface. But number two uh, was uh, the movie Limitless. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but everybody yeah. saw that and they were just like, oh my God, can I take a pill and become a super genius? And it's like, no, <laughs> obviously not. But there have just been. They did you it know, in the movie. What? But Bradley it was in the Cooper. movie. Yeah. yeah. He got really smart. Wasn't Robert De Niro in that movie? Robert De Niro was also in that movie. Yeah. Ah. He was just some bank guy. He just played like nondescript bank guy. Like that Mm. was basically his, his thing. I've got money. 
Um, uh, but but yeah, so uh, it really brought nootropics to the surface. And I've been interested in nootropics for a long time because basically my whole thing is like, how do I become the most optimized and best version of myself? Uh, I'm discovering now as I'm approaching 30 that it turns out I should have been putting a whole lot more emphasis into like stretching and not blowing out my joints as I yeah. have been, as I'm sure you can probably relate to. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, so that's why nootropics always were a thing for me. And I found that when I was pairing nootropics, especially with jujitsu, because jujitsu is so uh, heady and conceptual and like human chess, I realized that not only was I getting this benefit of uh, having more working cognition ready for me and better memory retention during, you know, technique and understanding, but also it was unlocking this layer of creativity when I was rolling. So I was thinking about that, and then I was also thinking about the times where I would make the mistake of taking pre-workout, like, you know, some generic pre-workout, Jacked was a very popular one for a period Mm -hmm. of time, Uh, NO Explode was popular for people at the time, I never tried that one, but I've heard that one was, you know, whatever. Anyways, these, these ones are high stimulant, like roughly 300 milligrams of caffeine paired with beta alanine, paired with you know, creatine or who knows what, like basically they have these and they're all, uh, you know, all of these companies do these proprietary blends. So they don't actually tell you how much of what is in this whole thing. They just say, oh, this is the Jack 3D formula, 3,300 milligrams of the the formula. Who knows Mm -hmm. what it is? And so I realized when I would do things like that is then we would, you know, I'd A, just be going crazy during technique or, or during MMA practice where we're specifically working this footwork drill to get whatever. And I'm just itchy and going crazy and all that kind of stuff. And then when it came time for rolling, sparring, whatever, these things were nitric oxide enhancers. So essentially you're getting like what, what bodybuilders are chasing is that pump, right? Yeah. But then all of a sudden I'm grappling, I'm trying to, you know, take the back, whatever. And everything is just so pumped up from just squeezing and being tight that I just feel locked in. Like I can't, I can't effectively move. I'm not quick. Everything is like my arms and my shoulders hurt like while I'm trying to do this. And so I realized that these products really aren't made for that type of use. Like the, the, the high stimulant blends, the, the focus on the pump, it really isn't built for martial artists. And yet every time I was, you know, much like your friend, every time I go train jujitsu or every time I'm, you know, at the uh, MMA gym, now I go to uh, fight ready, but, uh, when I when I go to these places, it's like they they're guys just taking scoops of this stuff, right? And I was like, I wonder if there's a better way to do this. And so basically what I'm working on right now is my own nootropic blend because I started building my own nootropic supplements in bulk for a while now because I just figured out what worked best for me as opposed to these ones that were on the shelf. And then from there, I want to pair that with like a very light stimulant so that you're like, you're awake, you're alert. Maybe you had a long day at work, whatever you're there, but you're not overloaded. You're not too buzzy, jittery, crazy, whatever. And we're going to give you that benefit of the enhanced working cognition for like technique and all that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm working on currently. But an item of great contention between Chris and I on this very podcast about that very supplement is that the name that I came up with for my supplement, I thought like, oh, you know, when you're you're just getting kind of warmed up, you're not going fucking berserk on each other yet, you know, whatever, you're doing your warm-up rounds, it's called a flow roll, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I'm I'm flowing, I'm I'm just working the technique, but I'm doing it live, we're going, you know, whatever. That's a flow roll. Chris hates it. 
<laughs> Chris hates the name Floral, and I, I see why, and I and I know exactly why. This is actually it's because we're going from the FL, the f- like that sound, right into an R, and so it has this kind of congested sort of feel to it. A first, do you get that impression? Do you not like the name? No, I like the name, but I think you already touched on why, and that's because right. we sort of know the terminology. Like that just makes sense instantly to me. Like right. flow roll. I know exactly what that is. You know it's what like, you're getting, basically. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's sort of a chill, like you know. Yeah. Don't give me that. Yeah. Don't give me that smug look. <laughs> I'm just say I'm just saying I knew if we if we so Well this is so my this, this is my take on the name though. It's yeah. very uh jujitsu specific. It's yes. very in the bubble. It's yeah. very uh, on the nose, very descriptive, I guess, in this bubble world that you uh, both understand because you both have lived in it uh, extensively. Uh, right. I have not. I think I did jujitsu as a kid. We never <laughs> talked about flow rolling. Yeah. And so uh, it's, it just means it sounds like floral to me. Like, oh, it's a floral oh, scent. floral. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, That's it's floral for breeze. Yeah. So like to me as an outsider... I was like, I don't understand what you're uh, going for with the product. Yeah. Also, if you have, you know, future uh, ideas to expand your product outside of jujitsu, it's probably not going to make it's people are going to have the same response to it. Depends on how much popularity it's already gained at that point. But he's right. I mean, obviously, you have to know your audience. And if you are trying to just sell this to, you know, people in the jujitsu community, it's probably a fine name. But if you ever wanted to branch out and or expect, you know, other people to get on the, on board with it, uh, you know, having a name that makes more sense to the general public would probably be better. The other thing is, is how it sounds like floral. Like I, I have actually extensive uh, experience with uh, with names like this and getting just harsh criticism because uh-huh. uh, probably not not from exit land, exit dream. We no, from that, the other one. We've got plenty of uh, criticism for that name as well. We made some some odd decisions with that. The dot in the middle of exit uh, exit dot dream. Oh, there is a dot. And and also it's all lowercase. Like that's how it's spelled. Oh, that's how it's supposed that. to be. I'm not it's, against that. I think capital letters are pretentious. <laughs> all right. Well, it's true. He never capitalizes anything when he texts me. It's just all no, lowercase. All. No, oh yeah. Capitalizations. Per, uh, <laughs> Punctuation, pretentious. Yeah, who needs it? He's like, what am I, a PhD in nutritional sciences? <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, nothing um, more pretentious than that. No, no not at all. The, uh, so more than that, uh, we created this game. It's a simple party game that we titled Hybrids, which mm-hmm. is a hybrid word between hybrid and words. Words. <laughs> it's a hybrid word. <laughs> right. Hybrids, and it means hybrid word get it like yeah <laughs> so wait like like we can look up hybrids and it's it means hybrid words or is that just the point of the game is to that is the, that's the point of the game that's what you do to make up definitions based on two words exactly that you merge together yes we are now changing the name i'm glad you used that exact terminology because the new name is going to be merge words merge words but merge words. the reason we're changing it and the reason it's merge words is because uh we went through a lot of rounds of just our name getting ripped apart on social media, like uh, forums and stuff and pages dealing with board games. And uh, 
people hated hybrids because as clever as it sounds to me and as easy it is <laughs> to pronounce and like, oh, it makes total sense. It describes the game. It, uh, like it's, it's, you know, sort of clever. It's not overly clever, but it's like direct enough to be understood. Like to me, I look at that and they're like, how could you not look at that and see hybrid and words combined right. into a hybrid word? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not everybody saw it like that. One of my uh, main points on this was that people thought it sounded a lot like, uh, what was it? Hemorrhoids. They said it sounded a lot like hemorrhoids. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't at all. But the more people I heard say that, I'm like, okay, people think this sounds like hemorrhoids. And it was an issue. <laughs> that is a little bit of an issue. If something sounds like hemorrhoids. Yeah. That's not something you want people to think of. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely an issue. And it was, it's hard for me to believe. Cause I'm like, I don't hear like that. No, none of my, you know, f- friends or family that I've showed the game to hear it as hemorrhoids. But yeah. other but, people but probably, do, and that's a reality. Like, but you're probably there to say it properly, right? To like introduce the game. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. It's the difference between someone reading it and someone like pronouncing it to you. Not that yours has a like that problem. The only way you could pronounce yours is flow roll. Like that's yeah. People are not going to confuse the pronunciation, but the way it sounds, I mean you don't know the way it sounds to other people. Right. I think that was the point that Chris was making uh, early on, like an earlier podcast is that, yeah, to me, it's very self-evident. And also uh, to, uh, to the people who are inside of this, you know, niche jujitsu community, it's like, Oh yeah, it might be self-evident, but that is a fair point, especially because I've started to see um, a lot of the appeal of like doing this kind of product is that it's not, it's not, uh, or to me at least, is that it's not reinventing the wheel, really. It's like it's taking things that already exist, basically, but putting them in a very unique sort of, like merging them in a very unique sort of way that actually doesn't exist much in the industry. Because a lot of what's happening right now is uh, you just see like supplement lines that are entirely built on just, you know, like there there are ones that are getting even crazier. Like this has 350 milligrams of caffeine in one serving. And it's like, that's a lot. Like that's a, that's a whole hell of a lot. Like my goodness. Um, so that's kind of the way that the that the industry is sort of trending, as opposed to the direction that I want to take it. So it's it's a little bit of blue ocean there. But to Chris's point, it's like he's absolutely right. Is I'm seeing there is sort of an appeal, or there is a desire outside of just the jujitsu community. There's a lot of people who actually are interested in this kind of level of uh, product. Uh, like I started. Uh, a couple weeks back, Chris suggested that I start, um, kind of, uh, start like posting or looking more in Reddit. And that's where I started figuring out that like, oh, there's, there's a whole lot of people outside of this that are interested in that kind of thing. Like bringing a level of, uh, 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 like a more cerebral nature towards what their pursuit is. Like, so for instance, cyclists or things like that are are already because a lot of I mean at the very top tier of cyclists you also have people who are doing like doping and all that kind of stuff so that's that's a level but that's a level of science too far but like maybe we ratchet that, that down a notch but they're also in the realm of people who'd be interested in this line of product or like so I didn't want to pigeonhole myself a little too quickly by immediately going for what my like gut instinct was mm-hmm. um but so how do you uh because it seems like you kind of take the same approach that uh, Chris does in a in a 
vague sort of way, which is that we land on a name. Like we always say, like we basically, when we relaunched this podcast, we're like, okay, we need to have a name and we need to have all this auxiliary, like just what, what is it? What are we going to call it? You know, whatever. And, uh, Chris is a lot more, um, bold in the sense that he, he can be like, yeah, that's a good name. We're going with that. Like, cut it, print it, let's go, you know, whatever. And then we start moving on it. Whereas I'm well, always a little bit more hesitant. Well, with the name, I often feel like people that have ideas don't really go anywhere because they can't come up with the name. Right. It's like a huge roadblock for a lot of people. And at some point you kind of realize you can change the name later because there's so many other steps after you come up with the name, you have to, you know, test your product, yeah. build the product, write that code, yeah. make up those words, make those cards, print them make out, those hybrid pick the words. paper, pick the color scheme. You know, yeah. build a website, write the descriptions and the, your mission statement, like, like all that, that's a lot of, that's a lot harder, I think, than coming up with the name. And also after you do all that work, it's easier to come up with the name because you've already figured out everything you need to know about your product mm-hmm. or company or business or yeah. child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of one of those. Um, I'm sure from uh, in in chemistry, for me, often it's like a limiting re- or a limiting uh, reagent. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like I I keep lagging on that item where I'm just like, oh well, since I haven't, as Chris is saying, like since I haven't figured that part out, like I'm not figuring out the rest of it and all that kind of stuff. So it ends up being like this clunky sort of workflow where I'm letting something so simple stall me up on on the rest. Yeah, I definitely get that. And it's like you said, it, it's easy to, enough to change your name at certain stages. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it feels kind of sucky. Like for, for us with hybrids, we had printed out uh, like a, a bunch of prototype copies and they're, you know, way more expensive than mass producing them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we got these expensive prototypes that look nice. We've sent them out to review, like review companies to get the game reviewed all before realizing like how much people actually hated the name. (laughs) I'm like, Oh "Oh, name change right now is going to be so terrible. Like we printed out stickers for this game. Cause you know, in my mind, this is the best name. Even now I'm like, there's no better name, but you got to have to do what you got to do. But even at this point, it's like changing the name is not like as big of a deal as it sounds. Mm. So it's okay. So, so it's like you don't end up working yourself into this. And man, this is actually that this is like a um, a small manifestation of I think what a lot of my problems are. Right? Is that I feel like I'm working myself into a into a a niche that I won't be able to work myself out of. Essentially, you're telling yeah, me that's not the case. I don't, I don't think so. I'm gonna say it's not. Especially <laughs> if your product doesn't like, you know just take off like crazy right away. Like if mm-hmm. it gets super popular, like it might be a little harder to, to work a name change. But at that point, like you probably don't need to. Yeah. I mean, it's who cares if you're selling? Right. So it's like, you have this notion that like, Oh, I've already got my product out there. I've been telling people about it. If I, if I change it now, it's going to look dumb. I'm going to like, uh, you know, there it, it maybe won't take me seriously or whatever, mm-hmm. but like the scope of like, for me anyway, like the scope of people who know about my game right now is like, it's not so big that like, they're going to be just rattled. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Change the name of my favorite game. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, so how did you start, uh, 
So the name came after the concept of the game, obviously, because you you came up with the idea of kind of like this is a game about matching words together, hybrid words, hybrids, words, hybrids. Yeah. Okay. Um, And uh, then, how did you start? Kind of like uh, at this at this juncture, because you mentioned that there were people in like uh, gaming forums or stuff like that. Like, how did you start pushing that out there? Start putting. I mean, obviously, you would have to bring the. Well, you said you started a gaming company. That's actually what's what's interesting. So you didn't bring this concept to an existing one to then sell to them as an idea. You wanted to manufacture it yourself and then have a gaming company and actually sell it independently. Is that the yes. this difference there or am I completely? Yeah, we want to self-publish our games pretty much. Um, interesting. And that's what we're doing. Why is I that? Mean, uh, because you have more control. Yeah, more control. Um at least at first, especially because like getting into the industry, um, like I want to learn what I'm doing. Like I'm not against the idea of pitching some of our games to larger publishers. I mean, I, that would be awesome. I mean, people that have a way bigger name and get our game out there is cool. But uh, I think you need to have some kind of handle on the uh, the industry first. Like, because like I said, when I started this, I have zero clue what I'm doing. I have right. No experience whatsoever. So it's like. I'm going to figure this out, you know, maybe you're a, you're a toe dipper. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You I dip mean, your toe in the pool. You don't just do the cannonball. Right. Yeah, in. I mean, yeah. self, self publishing is, I mean, you could argue either way. That's like, it's, it's almost like cannonballing in cause mm-hmm. that's, it's in a way it's, it's scarier because there's more unknowns. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're pitching to a publisher, it's like, they take care of a lot of it for you. Like here's a contract we drew up and you just, mm-hmm. you know, sign it and, here's what you have to do. They tell you what to do. Whereas self-publishing, I'm figuring it all out on my own. So it's not necessarily like simpler or easier, but it's the control aspect. I think it's like, I'm going to do this myself so I can learn. Right. Yeah. And you can fail on a smaller scale. Right. And feel better about yourself because you, it's framed as a learning experience versus going all in at this big experience. Right. Uh, and yeah, that there. was something my cousin had said to me also that he was, he started a marketing agency in Singapore, um, <clears throat> that, uh, at some point it was, it was funny because he was bringing it up to me that at, at the time I was kind of transitioning jobs and not really sure what I was doing. And it was like, Oh, you could just come work with me and, and do this. And I was like, I don't know anything about digital marketing. Like how, <laughs> what would I do there? And he was like, well, you're in luck because Singapore is still in the age where they just like take Westerners opinions like as as gospel, like just whatever you would say would be. So he's like, you would just help in terms of sales because you're just like you're just not from here is basically the the thing. And I was like, oh, and now I kind of regret coming aboard because then a couple of years later, he ended up selling the company because they became the number one digital marketing firm in Singapore. And then they ended up selling. So now he just like lives his life like a permanent vacation. But he uh, he had said something to that effect where his his kind of thought because he didn't he was a computer science student who then got an MBA. So he was like, I'm not all that well versed in digital marketing, but there was a need. It was the growth industry at the time. And it was just like, I would rather fail early and fail cheap than, you know, like Mm -hmm. build this up into a multi-year venture, like wait and then try and hack it five years later and make it this huge or this much bigger thing that then might completely change around my life. It's much better to kind of take your lumps early on when they're cheap and then, you know, grow into something later. Yeah. That's pretty much how I feel. So, so you had this game idea, Hybroids. Hybroids? 
Yeah, you keep saying hybrids. That's what you said to me, yeah. and it's it's hard. Yeah. What is it's it? Hybrids. Yeah, with like hybrids. Yeah, there you go. All right, sorry, apologies. <laughs> um, but you had this idea. Did you share it with your you know fellow uh, game company people? Did you share it with anybody else? Did you like how did you when did you start realizing that uh, people weren't on or not feeling the name? Uh, not in not for a long time because at first, yeah, it was just shared within my family. And then we started playing it at parties, um, any kind of party, like, you know, Christmas parties, freaking typical college parties, like smaller gatherings with not a lot of alcohol involved. Every setting we had it in, people like really enjoyed it. But like you said earlier, that was with us there telling them like what the game is called and how it's played mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. So we started sending it out for blind play testing, basically. Like they just we see if they can figure out the game based on the rules and, you know, fill out a little questionnaire, give us some feedback. And we didn't hear any anything about the name during that time. And it wasn't, you know, it was a handful of people, you know, five to ten people that we got blind play testing for. And it was all really positive responses. So that told us like, okay, we can move forward and and, you know, start. Was there a, a specific question about the name on the questionnaire or was it mostly gameplay directions? Not about the name specifically, but we covered everything broadly. Like, is there anything like you don't like about how the mm. game works? It was the main stuff we were worried about. Mm-hmm. And then we asked about like art, like what, how does the box look like? Is it, is it appealing? Like, would it, would you walk up to it in a store or would you read more if you saw the box? Stuff like that. Okay. So I would have expected if there was any concern with the name, it might have, you know, come up in one of those types of questions. Mm-hmm. And we never we never heard anything about it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're pushing this game, and uh, I think we had a, a, a question about, like, the artwork. And we had just started joining these, like, Facebook communities, like, groups of uh, game developers and, uh, like, fans of board games and, and everything of that nature. And so we, we put out a question about like the art or the tagline or something. Like it wasn't even about the name. And we just started getting these, like this flood of negative responses about the name. And I'm like, well, that's not even what I asked about, but this is great to finally like figure this out. Right. So that's where we started to dive more into it. Like, is this just like this one group of people somehow that just, I mean, the thing about the Facebook groups is it's super diverse group of people, right? Mm. All different, like places over the world, different cultures, everything. We're all on this consensus that the name of our game sucked. So I was like, all right, that would have been nice to know like earlier, (laughs) but yeah, we started putting it more out there and yeah, it's the same, same responses. So, um, then we had to explore like what to change it to because like I wanted to make it still something clever that also explains what the game is about that I guess is not too hard to read or pronounce. Uh-huh. So we started coming up with alternatives. Nobody likes any of the alternatives. Basically what we figured, at least from the gaming community, what people want is super straightforward. Even if it's like just on the nose, like, like, just tell us what we're getting. Like, mm. you don't need a gimmick. Like, you don't need to be clever. Just, like, and to me, that's kind of defeating because it's like, well, I, don't, I think there's a way to make, like, a nice, <laughs> clever name that rolls off the tongue well that is not confusing to people. 
but we were really able to find something like that because mm. everything we suggested people are like like as a consensus we're like uh no people are going to confuse that um no that's going to make people think of this instead of what your game's really about uh mm. no that doesn't look good you know as a logo it's, it's not you know good on the eyes just the wording of it and so mm. is this uh outreach to the community that you uh met on the Facebooks or is it like you're back to your core group of people? No, this, this is, the, is still the Facebook community, okay. which much better represents our target audience. So uh-huh. that's the people we really have to listen to. Like our families and friends and stuff are going to, you know, they're going to play nice. They're going to, they're going to, yeah, well, they're going to support us like no matter what. So uh-huh. it's like, we don't really need to worry about appealing to them. We need to worry about appealing to who's going to buy our game in the future. Like, sounds so like, right. you need a, sounds like you need a father, like a Tish. yeah that's that's well that's sort of the thing that i've been kind of considering so i've i'm in the formulation stage where i'm trying to figure out how do i because i've been constructing an atropic blend that works really well for me but then as soon as i started testing it with other people they're not they get they're not responding to it in exactly the same way which is predictable of course but then also just not hitting the same notes even in, in a to use kind of flowery language of what i'm i'm trying to achieve so i was like huh so i really had to take like a firm step back and luckily i found um uh, a kind of a guy who's willing to like sort of test with me because he's also interested in this and he's a black belt. So his like a good portion of his life has just been dedicated to jujitsu and rolling and doing all that kind of stuff. So he knows how to shift himself into like an optimal mode. So I've been testing with him. And so that was kind of the same thing is that what I realized pretty quickly was that like, oh, there's the people in my direct immediate circle who are going to tell me, you know, because then I just had uh, a buddy who games. And so I was just like, hey, try this out. Like, you know next time next time you're gaming but he's also one of my really really close friends and he was just like oh yeah it was great like you know whatever i was i was fucking playing warzone better than i normally do or like yeah, you know there's no metrics didn't that get I, fatigued yeah yeah my, my <laughs> that's right my thumbs didn't get fatigued or i don't know so but i was just kind of trying to you know get it a and then like flavor obviously is a whole different thing because that's been a yeah not, because right now I'm i'm not even focused with that i'm just compounding ingredients here like i've got this crazy scale set up in my kitchen that uh tori is so annoyed with but i've got this like scale set up and basically all i'm doing is like oh some lion's mane mushroom some alpha gpc like you know whatever like i'm balancing things out and then i'm like you know micro pipetting all this stuff into into capsules and then i'm having people like i haven't even concerned myself with all this other kind of stuff because ultimately it makes more sense to have it in a powdered form than in a capsuled form but i don't even like i haven't even gotten there yet right So, uh, but I realized really quickly that like the people directly near me, you know, like I gave a sample to Tori for her work day and I gave a sample to my gaming buddy, but the the people who are really close to me, while they'll tell me whether or not they like it or they don't, they're not going to give me the kind of like constructive criticism, the the kind of constructive criticism that like the market is going to end up kicking back right. to you one way or another, right? Because they don't care about your feelings or, oh, yeah. or anything like that. Uh, so, so that's a really key point that as when you expanded sort of your into, you said you did it through Facebook groups. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's like the most point. open people are willing to be like on social media. Yeah. They don't care. No. <laughs> They're ruthless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, according, good. it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that, I guess, that's, I mean, according to uh board you've got an, nine out of 10 rating. So 
that's yeah. cool. I mean, it's probably like one review, but <laughs> <laughs> but is that on yeah. high broads? Yeah, high broads. High broads. Broads. Yeah. High broads. Is a game of hybrid words. Combine words to create new words with funnier, clever definitions. The sports expansion has sports themed words and all new sporty game modes. Oh, there's a sports edition. There's also a horror edition. Horror words. Ooh. Horror words. Horror words. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> mm, yeah, maybe not. And spore spore words. And uh, there's a spore. there's a uh, hybrids philosopher edition where you deal with uh, proverbs and not just words. You combine proverbs. Ooh, um, I actually dig oh, that a lot. Like wow. on uh, if you've if you've ever seen Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that scene with the bartender, and he's like. He's like people in glass houses sink ships, <laughs> and he keeps like mixing proverbs and and they yeah. they make fun of him. They're like, "Oh, a penny saved is worth two in the bush, isn't it?" Yeah. And uh, I was like, "That's a great idea." Like, I had that idea for a long time to make a like a game like that, but mm-hmm. finally, like years down the road, we we made it part of Hybrids, which is a different expansion. That's them, funny. So, yeah, that's awesome. That one's really fun. Actually. Yeah, I'm 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 into that. Concept. That's that's pretty cool. Man, you are you are a renaissance man. You're just doing it all. I try. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it kind of proves that if you, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of people that have like business ideas. They never really uh, tell you about it because they're afraid you're going to steal their ideas. Oh, man. I don't know if you know these people. It's like, oh, we can't talk about it. Someone's going to steal it. Right. I can't. If I tell you, you can't tell anybody because somebody will steal it. And it, it's just uh I think it's just proof that you need to kind of share your ideas with the world to see if the world really wants it. I mean, yeah, people might steal a version of your idea, but you're really the conductor of your own train. I mean, you're, you're filling up your train with all the tools you need to make this happen and you're conducting it to its end goal. And nobody wants to buy just a piece of a train track. They want to buy the whole train and hop on board. They don't want to, they don't want to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. They're not doing the work that you want to do or you, you, are drawn to do that you feel is, you know, mm. what you're bringing to the table is what's really the unique part of something. And someone can't steal that. Yeah. And Facebook will tell you your name's terrible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so basically you, uh, a, I, there's, there's like several actionable or at least, at least very, um, like there's there's several pieces to this that I would model after or like or listeners can model after is that a it's not the end of the world if you end up picking a name that doesn't you know stick with the market or maybe even is contentious with yourself you can change those things because you're right ultimately if people were really like no I like the other name then it's like oh well then we must have a big enough market that you guys are going to buy it so it's not going to be a problem so exactly. it, it kind of becomes a thing like that so so all right so even you know it's I might as well start working under the name of flow roll and then we'll figure it out as we go uh, if that's going to be a barrier to you then yeah like if if deciding on the name is going to be a barrier, then well, just- it it only is it only is in the sense that you know as I'm doing this uh, as I'm doing this uh, testing and like formulation testing, I'm getting better at it and I'm getting more precise in terms of what I'm doing. So now instead of just doing singular batches the way I've been doing it, which is literally just like single serve for me, then for somebody else, and I just kind of spend an afternoon just breaking out singulars it's like i'd like to move to doing like larger scale ones and then 
to your point, it's like, I want more testers. And in order to get more testers, I wanted to approach people with like, Hey, this is X, Y, Z. This is what it's intense and you know, whatever. And actually I also, I didn't bring this up, but it's like, man, uh, the way that you broke down your like surveys, essentially super smart because it's, it wasn't just based on like how enjoyable is the game in a very broad sense, right? You're specifically looking at like, was the gameplay easy? Was the instructions easy? Uh, was the packaging nice? Would this be attractive to you in a store? Like you're thinking about all these different angles of it, which is really smart because so far all I've been doing exclusively is like from a qualitative standpoint, because it's hard for me to even do like anything. I don't have instruments to measure quantitative. I have a home uh, EEG, like, but, but it's one of those like crappy devices. That's just, it's, it's not, it's non-precise. And I don't know what, like the measurements that I would get out of that wouldn't mean anything to any, like, at all because it's so that's the thing about anything with the brain is that it's like all these parts rely on each other so it's when when people say like these platitudes like oh it helps connection between this part of your brain and that part of your brain it's like those parts are always intrinsic or when people (laughs) say like oh well you only use 10 percent of your brain it's like no Everyone needs to get rid of these like notions of that, that that's how it works. That's not how it works. You're constantly yeah. using all of your brain all the time, just not like full uh, electrical current in all places all the time and all that kind of stuff. Anyways, right. so I don't have a real way to quantitatively measure a whole right. lot of stuff. So I'm basically basing it on a qualitative measure and I want to get that a little bit more widespread. And obviously the first place that I would do so is in my gym or in that kind of place. But I kind of wanted to sure. approach with a name. And so that's kind of where I got this like lag step kind of thing going on is that simultaneously I'm building up more in terms of production. But I'm also then like, oh, how, how do I go about like sampling other people basically and like getting those resources? Yeah, at this point, I don't think the name is something that should be holding you back. Hang, hanging it In up. my opinion, yeah. Yeah. And going back to like your qualitative assessment of, of like when you're testing it, what it, what do you ask people when you, when you have them test it? Like, what do you ask for specifically for feedback? Do you just say, give me any feedback you have? How did it make you feel? Or do you ask like really targeted questions? No. Yeah. That's a good question. <clears throat> um, so a little bit of both because what I ended up finding is that at first I was just asking around 10 questions that were all very targeted. But I found that when I left them a general, like how, like a real general open-ended question, they ended up answering stuff that I didn't even ask, or they ended up bringing up stuff that wasn't in the scope of the questions that I was asking. So for instance, what, what I, uh, what I started with was, you know, things like I had to kind of cover a baseline. So how tired were you when you entered training this, you know, today before, before taking you or whatever, did you feel, uh, were you tired? Were you very excited? Were you fresh? Because some people are like, they work nights. So they came in at this time or, you know, it, it was all arranged. So I kind of wanted to standardize people's responses based on how their baseline was originally. And again, it's, that should be a quantitative measure, but it's, yeah. really hard for me as an individual to do that. So I was like, ah, I'm not even going to bother with that. Um, but so I started with those kinds of questions and then basically we'd ask like, okay, did you feel more alert? Did you feel more energized? Did you, you know, like those kind of questions to handle that part. Uh, then I said, was there any, you know, is there any form of kind of like, uh, uh, because oftentimes for instance, what happened with me yesterday, sometimes if you 
take an imbalanced formula of this stuff. You feel too like rushed, too heady, too like, uh, you know, whatever. So I was kind of covering Mm -hmm. those bases. But then once I started opening up the questions with just like, how did you feel, you know, whatever, I started to get more responses about things like, um, uh, what was great about this is that I, uh, like, didn't feel as though I was like, I was very energetic and very excitable, but I didn't feel overwhelmed or I didn't feel anything like that. Like that sometimes happens when I drink a monster or when I do whatever, like they were actively giving me comparisons to other products because that's how they ranged their experiences. And then furthermore, there was stuff that uh, I didn't even predict. Like some guy said, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but I was drinking way more water than I usually do. And I feel thirsty. And I was like, I don't Uh-oh. even know what what's causing. So then that caused me to take a step back and I was like, okay, what of this could be? So it made me by, by leaving, like I had specific targeted questions, but then mm-hmm. also by leaving an open-ended one, it allowed me to pick up on stuff that I didn't foresee or I didn't plan for in the questioning. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of wise to have both, but I'm not really sure at this stage. Yeah, no, I would say so. It seems like you've thought it out pretty well and that, that's what, that's what we do. It's like, here's the things we specifically want to know about and then mm-hmm. tell us whatever else you want to tell us, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that that part especially, and again, I mean, I'm probably going to continue learning how to do this better because I've only been testing with, you know, two to three people uh, at this stage. So I kind of want to get into this phase where now we start to get into the 10s or the 20s, you know, because I, each person reacts a little bit differently. But of course, we're looking for a, for an average across across a large group, because I'm sure with any of these large, you know, on it, alpha brain is one of the most popular nootropics that there is. I'm sure the way that it reacts for me very specifically, if we were to look at very small, you know, it's going to be different than somebody okay. else. But if we average that across, that's how you get these claims of, you know, oh, it, it uh, expands your working cognition and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's how you can get that because everybody has kind of responded to that level. So that's the kind of level. I mean, obviously I can't, do a peer reviewed study of like 500 people or something yet. Um, but, but right now it's like, if I could even get to the, to the tens and twenties, that would be, I think super helpful for at least informing my next sort of decision tree as it were. Yeah. Decision tree. Oh. Save that for another episode. <laughs> a, a decision tree. <laughs> I have a, a new name idea for you. What's that? Merge roll. <laughs> Merge roll. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just I'll just steal it right from under <laughs> Preston. <right? laughs> yeah, I don't I don't own that word. This is this is what we do. We invite guests onto the podcast and then just take steal all their, their ideas. ideas. Steal all their <laughs> oh, ideas. Now I see what you guys are doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start a band called Exit Period Dream, but with capitals instead. <laughs> Pret- In all caps. capitals. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well. Uh, I think we're, I mean, we're quite a bit over time, but, uh, I, uh, it was a, there was like a 12 minute lag on the front end and B, uh, all very valuable stuff specifically about naming. I mean, if you had to condense it, would, would it be correct in saying that essentially like have the boldness to put yourself out there and do it the first run because it's not the end of the world, even if it doesn't stick or even if it doesn't take. And then essentially what you're doing right now is test, test, retest. I mean, you've got that scientific mindset and you're obviously applying that here, uh, using that to collect data and basically using that to refine your approach. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely great advice. And then also if you do go through a name change, you have to listen to 
your audience, like your, you know, your target clientele, Mm -hmm. even if it's like not what you think or you disagree with it in terms of the naming. Because ultimately, if they hate the name, then they won't buy it. It doesn't matter how much you like the name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So That's true. I haven't really bought that many products where I think the name is stupid, but I still enjoy the product, which it's is also, weird. It's also different for different industries. Like for a board game, like, sure, the name's going to have a lot more That's true. You know, value than for like uh, your type of product where, you know, if it works, then they're going to buy it. If yeah. it works for them, they're probably not going to care about the name, but, but initial reactions and initial perspectives. Yeah. And, and, and to that point, actually, that's actually one of the things that I was trying to differentiate also in, in the naming, what I'm trying to convey is actually the difference in the product. Because when you look at a lot of these pre-workout products, right. Um, jacked NO explode total war, you know, whatever it's like, yeah. that's the thing flow roll. I'm yeah. saying it's a, it's a different avenue. Very stark a, contrast. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to play with that contrast. I'm not, I'm trying to say, I'm not that there's anything wrong with the other end, but this is on this end. It's, it's, it's a different product. It's a, it's a, it's four different applications You're You're not going to be, or at least, I mean, you might, but if you want to like, you know, drink something and then deadlift 315. Jacked. <laughs> Jacked. Jacked might be for you. You know, if that's so, so I'm just trying to convey that through the name as well. Um, uh, that, uh, that aligns with your uh, assessment of Reddit and the MMA threads and the jujitsu threads. Right. They're, they're way different. They're way right. different. I don't, I don't know, Preston, if you've, if you've been involved on Reddit all that much, but it's so crazy to watch how on the MMA threads, it's a bunch of guys, a uh, lot of trolls. Uh, and, and a bunch of guys just like talking shit about this fighter or that fighter, like a whole lot of that. Whereas when you go to jujitsu, it's like that, like our jujitsu, it's a lot of guys. I mean, there is a little bit of the Gordon Ryan contingent where people are like talking shit about each other and you know, whatever, but it's far more people talking about like, Oh, his game has progressed so much by this. Like, I think the difference is blah, blah, blah. When you really open your hips more, like it's, yeah. it's really like that level of stuff. So I was like, uh-huh maybe the target audience that I'm trying to push towards is more on that end as well. So, so the name kind of also goes with my intent also goes with my audience. Like it all kind of ends up becoming this amalgamation. Is that what you find with, I mean, both the band and the, the game, like does the name have any bearing in terms of your, your like relation to your audience? Yeah, definitely. Surprisingly less so with the band name, you would think a name would be super important, but like Mm -hmm. once people learn your stuff and, 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 get to know you, the, the name stops really meaning so much, you know, Mm -hmm, you almost mm -hmm. forget about it. But, uh, no, it seems like you have some really good insight into at least why you're doing what you're doing. Um, Yeah. I, I at least have a mission (laughs) statement. Chris, Chris really helped with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. As, as like in an end to what I'm going to say, uh, actually before I started nutrition, I was in architecture school for about a year. I was going to be an architect before I decided I don't want to do that. Uh, the point is, I, the one, like the best thing I learned from architecture school that I will carry the rest of my life <clears throat> is whatever you do, especially like creatively, especially like the, the, the facets where there's no right or wrong answer, is just have a reason for what you're doing. Like be able to justify every single detail of what you're doing. doesn't really matter how you justify it because a lot of it's opinion based for creative stuff, like naming mm-hmm. something. Uh, but it matters that you can justify it. Yeah. You can yeah. be able to articulate why you did what you did. 
So mm, yeah, like that's going to that. stick with me forever. Cause it's so applicable, obviously. To- yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of those Miyamoto Musashi know the way broadly type of things. Um, well shit, I, I can't think of a better way to go out than that statement right there that ended on a little Zen philosophy partnered with architecture partnered with like life. I think that that was everything in it. Uh, Chris, any parting thoughts? No. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. <laughs> oh, no, that was great. That reminds me of uh, like moments I have in like an editing room where we're uh, trying to edit a film together and one person fights really hard for uh, like a scene, a moment, a look, a character to be in a shot. And if that person can't really substance, you know, give substance to their argument, it's like, then it's got to go. This is just you mm-hmm. uh, and your ego thinking this is what's best for the the film, which is what really we should all be servicing is making this the best thing it can be. And if you can mm-hmm. take yourself out of it and still argue as to why these elements should be in this final product, I think that just makes the product stronger, more authentic and easier to relate to. And will connect better with an audience, especially the audience that you're trying to serve. Well said. Oh, you should cut the well said out of there. God damn it. That should have been the ending. God damn it. I do this well, we also, every time. Also, uh, Preston, thank you for being on the show. Where can people oh. find you if they'd like to uh, like look you up? Uh, obviously, Vile the Wolf is trending on YouTube right now. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Why would it not be trending? No, I show that to a lot of people at work and they love it. Oh, so. that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, YouTube, obviously. It depends on where you want to find me. You can look in peer-reviewed journals to find some work that I've published. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, find Dark Humble Attic Brad. Games or Exit Dream on every social media. Um, look for uh, look for this game called Texas Hold'em with Zombies. It's really fun and cool, and you should definitely buy it and stuff. It's, yeah, that's my plug. Awesome, beautiful. 